The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, home of Surfside Iced Tea and Vodka. Do I have one of those? Oh, I actually brought up one of the sodas. I thought I brought one of the Iced Tea and Vodkas. Anyway, and sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter is Zoe. Subscribe at rightstorikisanchez.com slash newsletter. On the show today, the James Harden trade has happened. Daryl tried to do it while I was laid up with hip surgery, but ha ha ha, fucko, I didn't have hip surgery. You fucked up, here I am. James Harden and PJ Tucker are gone. Danny Green is gone. Covington is back. Batum is here. And most importantly, the Sixers refused to include Furkan Korkmaz, whose 10th trade request goes un. Quited? Is that the word? Unrequited. Unrequited. Hey, stateside. That's not really the word. But it yeah, but it sounds right. It sounds. His yeah. love is requited. The trade request is unrequited. Goes unmet. Yeah, unmet. Stateside. How about Surfside? Now, this is not the iced tea and vodka. This is the vodka soda. This is a cucumber mint, which is admittedly not my favorite flavor, but it is still delicious. The Surfsides are all delicious. Surfside iced tea and vodka. I love the Surfside sodas, but the the cucumber, I'm not a cucumber guy. I like the cherry one, the orange one. Anyway, all of the Surfside iced tea and vodkas are amazing. There's Surfside iced tea and vodka, peach tea, iced tea vodka, lemonade, lemonade vodka. They're all great. Why are they more popular? Aside from the fucking sick logo, they taste much better. Only a few grams of sugar, 100 calories, lightly sweet, the iced tea and vodka, and no carbonation because... Of course, iced tea does not have bubbles. And Fly the Process is official. Fly the Process, Los Angeles, Sixers, Clippers, a Sunday afternoon game in Los Angeles, the home of Mike, the home of Coach Mike and Coach Mike's team. We will be going to Los Angeles. The trip is Friday to Monday. Thank you to fans of Philly for getting this together very quickly. Don't worry, Dallas. We'll fucking deal with you next year. Go to rightstreakysanchez.com slash fly. That is rightstreakysanchez.com slash fly for all of the information. That's right. We got to go get a little revenge for Robert Covington. Of course, why we're going to Sixers Clippers. So rightstreakysanchez.com slash fly. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who sort of knows what unrequited means. That is one Mike Levin. We did it. 
We did it. Mike. We did it, man. I got a big, tall glass of red right here. Speaking of which, it's look what I busted out. Red. The James Harden red, something for everyone. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to, no offense, I'd rather be drinking the Surfside. I'll, I'll open up a stateside vodka soon in a second. This is the same bottle I bought and drank from right when it first came out that I had the cork still in. I don't know if this is still good. I don't know anything about wine. I'm going to pour myself a little Harden red. Wish him the best. Yeah. You fucko. Probably aging as well as Harden's athleticism. Mmm. It actually tastes the same. I think it might taste better. That's good. Yeah. There you go. So the trade has happened. Happened. Not trade. Uh, the kids are going to keep... I asked my wife to turn off the front light because the kids keep ringing the fucking bell and my dog oh, keeps well. going crazy. Anyway, so here is the story. The Sixers send out James Harden, one of my favorite Sixers ever, PJ Tucker, Philippe Petrushev. They also waive Danny Green. The Sixers receive Robert Covington, Nick Batum, KJ Martin, Marcus Morris. They receive a 2028 first round pick from the Clippers. Unprotected. Unprotected. Two second round picks from the Clippers. Was that 24 and 26, I think, maybe? Uh, definitely 24. I thought the second one was 28 or 29, but I can't okay. look that. They also get a 2026 first round pick that is top four protected and is the worst of the three teams Houston, Clippers, OKC. Yeah. One person that does not get traded. Well, you missed one. Wait, hold on. Oh, the, the swap. The swap. The what year is the swap? Is, is it 29? 29 swap. 29. With the the pick swap is back, which basically guarantees that we have to be doing the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. At least until 2029 to see if we, the swap. What if we got two swaps in 20 years? It would be enormous. I'm trying to imagine the 16th year of the podcast. That mm -hmm. is sending me into a, a, a bit of a tailspin. But... <laughs> But so the here trade we did happen. The trade happened. Thank God. Get out of here, fucko. <laughs> James Harden. Uh, so, you know, this was about the return that you were putting aside your Paul George, Pascal Siakam things. <laughs> the, the, the two first yeah. round picks. Also getting two seconds, which I think is a love letter to you. Thank you. Also getting a swap, which I believe is a love letter to us. That's right. Also getting, you know, we'll see... I haven't watched a lot of Cove in the last couple of years, but getting Robert Covington back, it it seems like, let's put it this way. I don't think that the Hall puts them in position, given their assets, to trade for a top, top level guy. But I do think a really good guy who's on an expiring at the deadline, sort of like the first Drew Holiday trade, not this year's, that sort of level, if they do it this year, and then off-season really restocks the, the asset pool, also gets a bunch of tradable and expiring contracts. And, you know, even if two of the four guys can play, adds to wing depth a little bit, you know, Marcus Morris, I guess, can play five, play four, five, Covington's three, four, a little bit too. Batum, I think, can still play. And I'm just happy it's fucking over, bro. I'm just yeah. so happy it's over. Yeah, the top line thing is that it's over. It's over. And that it's good that it's over. 
which is and that it ended time way recently. shorter than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying on the last pod, a trade deadline. Yeah, I was. I mean, it felt like it was going to happen before the season, or it was going to happen maybe mid December, but likely the trade deadline. But like, this is what you know. There's been leaked reports about like what could it have been, what could be the next thing, what could what could the trade be, and what was being offered. And it was you know very clearly like the Clippers are not going to negotiate against themselves. And Daryl was posturing like, well, he's not negotiating. They're not negotiating against themselves, Lawrence Frank. They're negotiating against the possibility that Harden just stays here and plays the year out here. And that was being tested by the idea that James Harden wasn't, in fact, playing. He was away from the team. He showed up to the plane. They told him not to come. He showed up to the practice. He knows some of the plays. There was a report yesterday before the trade that he didn't really know the plays. Um, That was from Ramona Shelburne. I'm going to miss Nick Nurse's sort of... He was here. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, he returned my text. But the like, that was the that was the leverage. Is like we could just play him, and so I thought that you know before the there had to be an answer on on that that question. Mm -hmm. uh, The trade did happen, and I I, and I'm I'm glad it did. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad this hung hung over the head. We can get to like each individual thing. We will each individual part of the part of the trade. There's a lot to be a four hour podcast. I I never thought that the Terrence Mann thing was real. I always thought Terrence Mann was a red herring. I did not think that they wanted Terrence Mann. I think that Daryl wanted two first round picks, a pick swap, and expiring contracts out of this. Norm Powell is not an expiring contract. Terrence Mann was not an expiring contract. Terrence Mann is a 27 year old role player. I, I just didn't see that the Sixers thinking about him like a, a huge asset. He would have been fine here. I'm sure Daryl wouldn't have minded him, but that was do definitely you, not the hang up in the trade. They needed the picks. Do you think the pub, I was thinking about that today. I think maybe a little bit of the public haranguing over Terrence Mann was to create a bit of a market. So Maury could trade him for another pick or could, you know, somehow be the other asset that ends up getting a pick from somewhere. Yeah, well, there was that report last week or something that said like they already have a a first round pick for Terrence Mann lined up if that if that is the trade. Yeah. And ended up coming from uh, OKC where they uh, the Clippers uh, got their own pick back basically or or the worst of those other picks in exchange for a pick swap in a different year. Um, So that's fine. We and we can talk about that individually also. But like overall, as far as like the trade hall goes. We went from nobody wants James Harden. Nobody can fit James Harden on the team. Nobody's interested in him. There's no market for him. We're getting nothing for him at all. Michael Connor trade him for literally anything. Get him out of here. There's nothing there to all of this. And like, this is, this is a great hall considering like if Harden was the 36th best player in the league, this is not an exceptional hall, you know, but it's fine. It's fine. And for what, for the fact that he wasn't playing for us and that he was calling out the GM publicly and that every day that went by is a day, uh, less that, that, that Harden would be playing basketball for their team, which is on an expiring contract made it a little bit more urgent than maybe Daryl would want or, or would think, but to get, to get two first, two swaps, two first, two seconds, a swap expiring contracts and expiring contracts that like, I'm excited about some of these guys, obviously. I'm excited Nick um, Batum is a sixer. I'm excited that Robin Covington's a sixer again. Love that Robert Covington's back. It's the best. You know, Ro- Robert Covington being back, and Embiid obviously loved him. 
I love um, him. That's very exciting. He does fill the like, um, sort sort of an in between PJ Tucker and and George Niang type role that you know they, they Niang left and they ha- haven't had somebody to just like kind of jack up threes fire without, away re- yep. without abandon. And he does defend obviously better than 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 Niang and probably not as good as as PJ. Um, so that's going to be nice. Yeah, I love. I mean, I love. I love Batum. I love that he. I love that Embiid gets a buddy to speak French with on the team. That's nice. I think Matum's really going to be very helpful from a passing perspective on this team because they don't have many good passers and he is an excellent passer. Um, they're going to have a decision to make about who to start on that fifth that fifth starter spot for now. But we'll, we'll get to all that. But like overall, great trade. And I do think that this exonerates Daryl a lot. Um, I don't want to necessarily admit that because I have spent the last many months making jokes at his expense. It certainly um, didn't help hurt. Like he certainly didn't ruin anything by waiting. I think, no, I mean, say, he, yeah, it, well, it's, 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 you know, I, people are trying to make the, okay, so what did we get for Ben Simmons? If you really put it together, but I think that's like too far in the past. Yeah. He made us, he took a swing on Harden. The team Harden did help Embiid. The team did, did get, helped by his presence and they couldn't once again, still break through in the playoffs into mm-hmm. the, into past the second round. But now that we, he was a distressed asset after the, uh, after the failure of game six and seven in the second round against Boston, um, the two things could have happened. Like he could have walked for nothing. Well, I guess three things could happen. He could have walked for nothing. They could have signed him to like that, fairish two to three year contract that, that Daryl wanted that Harden didn't seem to want or was disrespected by. Um, and the fact that Houston decided that they didn't want it. Like if he goes to Houston, he walks for nothing. And then we have none of the things that we have now. Yeah. Like to the point that obviously having Embiid and Maxi would have been still, you know, this team is still in, in a decent place compared to the rest of the 30 teams. Um, but they would have had really, really very few moves to make without anything to trade, really. And instead, he picks up his option. I've railed against this of like, why is that good? Why are the Sixers acting smug? Like, it's good that he picked up his option and maybe he plays and we can get so much for him. And it really was, if you, if you step back, like we lived in hell for four months of, of this possibility of James playing, not playing, staying cursing Daryl out internationally in this global conflict. That's Um, and we, we end up like with all of these picks and now those picks can and will get parlayed into another star type player, whether it's at the deadline or at the draft. Um, and that's really good. Like that's just really, that's just very good. And although this was hellish for a long time and the, Sort of similar to the to the wait while the Colangelo firing wasn't happening. It felt like hell when it was there. But now that we're out of it, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm way glad he, t- he picked up his option. Because like the franchise is a little bit saved in this era because the Sixers now have and we can get we can get to that as well. Three first round picks to trade right now, which then becomes four first round picks on draft night. 
plus the max money that is now opened up with PJ Tucker's contracts gone off the books for next year. So, well, cause the only, the only contract that's on the books next year is Embiid and possibly Paul, right? I mean, those are the only things Paul's Paul's contract is guaranteed if they reach it, if they get past the first round, if I remember correctly and Embiid, but our Springer, but I don't yeah, even Spring, think Springer's. I think they guaranteed. picked up Springer's option already. I don't I think, think so. Anyway, the rights uh, Ricky Sanchez. Oh, yeah. The rights and then, Ricky and then eventually Maxi's max contract that they will right. sign when the time is right. But that's not on the books yet. Yeah. You know, correct. The rights Ricky Sanchez presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So here were the DraftKings Sportsbook championship odds prior to the trade Sixers were plus 1,900. The Clippers were plus 1,700. After the trade, Sixers go from plus 1,900 to plus 1,800. Clippers go from plus 1,700 to plus 1,200. Let me give you what the odds should be, DraftKings, on the Clippers winning the title this year. A bazillion to one, plus a bazillion. Hmm. There is no chance. They're a fake team. There's no, there might be no chance that the Sixers win, but I will say this. There's a better chance the Sixers win a title this year than the Clippers. That is hmm. my opinion. And after the trade... Tyrese Maxey, most improved player odds go from plus 500 to plus 200. Wow. So if, if you already had that, then you, you got good value there. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Right now, if you're a new customer, use code RTRS. RTRS. Get $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down five bucks on the NBA. Win or lose, doesn't matter. You start the season with an instant win. Love DraftKings Sportsbook. Basketball is more fun when you're, when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code RTRS. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just 5 bucks. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code RTRS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got to be 21. See show notes for details. Mike, before we get into the individual trade stuff, as I don't know if you, you realize, but as you were saying, you were basically setting out a docket for six podcasts. You're like, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I, I want to play this from Shams because you had mentioned a few times, I think, and, and then, you know, while we were investigating whether you were a liar or not, we saw that, what's it called? Uh, we saw that Simmons was suggesting the idea that ownership was potentially going to get a little sick of this. Right. And I thought this note, I, I just thought it was weird that the mentioning at the same time, and then I'm not saying that you and, and Simmons were the same, but it was like weird that like it was there. And then I think this from Shams is really interesting and I want to know why it's there. Go ahead, CJ. James Harden is a clipper. And in a unique moment on Monday, sources tell me that Josh Harris and Steve Ballmer, the two owners of the Sixers and the Clippers, got on a call and ironed out the trade that sent Harden finally to LA. So this showed ownership sign-off and impact on a deal negotiated by Daryl Morey and Lawrence Frank for the last several months. So even though Harden was back around the Sixers in recent days, this was simply never going to work. And the Sixers decided Monday, given their hot start to the season and Tyrese Maxey's play, it was time to move on from James Harden. And in return, they get two first round picks, two second round picks, a pick swap that teams around the league believe the Sixers will be active the remainder of the season to see if they can go get another star caliber player. On the other end, the Clippers have gone all in with James Harden, 
Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook. This is a team that is going all in for a championship. Let me ask you this. Why do you think Josh Harris got on the phone with Steve Ballmer is like someone sends that to Shams and says, say this. Like, what is sure. I mean, that happens pretty much every trade, every big trade, at least. The owners talk. Well, owners talk, but it's not reported. I think people, I don't think people quite understand how involved generally owners are. They're yeah. always, it's their team. They should be you involved. To, it, everything has to get sent up to the owner to like approve. A hundred percent. And even in Philadelphia, I, I mentioned to AU today, you know, we're like, well, we want the owner to stay out of it. Jeff Lurie certainly doesn't stay out of it. John Melton doesn't stay out of it. You know, Jeff Lurie has a successful franchise. He doesn't just let Howie do whatever he wants. I promise you Jeff Lurie's involved. But I just think it's weird and purposeful that, that this was part of the conversation. I, I don't I, know. I mean, this is the thing that was reported... Like people, the, 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 the thing that you're hinting at, I think, is the idea that the NBA leaned on the Sixers to like make a fucking deal. No, that's not what I'm hinting you're at. You're not hinting at. Okay, no, people, are talking, people are talking about that also. No, no, no. I'm, I'm hinting at why does Josh Harris or Steve Ballmer, like that is coming from one of the teams to Shams and saying, you know, Josh Harris actually finished off this deal or, you know, Steve Ballmer actually finished. It's just weird. That's my only thing is that it's weird and purposeful. It's a minute and a half clip right there. And why is like Josh Harris and Steve Ballmer the fucking lead and not? I don't know. It's weird. That's all I'm saying. There's, it's just there's always a lot of, you know, this deal got done. So there's a lot of people, a lot of like cooks saying like weird. taking responsibility for it. You know what I mean? Um, Let me I ask you this. I don't I'm know. But I, I, but I would say like the people, the, the idea that Daryl caved in some way especially because I do not believe that the Terrence Mann thing is real. I think they like, both caved. He got the, the, he got the two first round picks he wanted out of this. And people are saying like, oh, well, it's like kind of a fake first round pick. And it's like, no, it's not. One. No, it's kind not. Of fake. It is a Clippers. It is the worst of Clippers, Houston, OKC first round pick. And more important than that is it allows them, the Sixers to trade our first round pick. Well, because that, of the Stepien yes. rule. And yeah. so it's like, you're just, there's not, it's not like it becomes two second rounders. That's a face first round pick. The idea that it is like, okay, it is the worst of those, but we can keep that in, you know, you know, to, in accordance with the Stepien rule. And then they can trade the Sixers first round pick in, in a package that, that nets somebody else, which we can again later in this four hour podcast, we can talk about the possibilities of that. So I don't think Daryl caved. I think that he got what he needed to get and what he's been sort of holding firm to this whole time of we're either going to trade Harden for a star or we're going to trade Harden for a pick package that can then part, be turned into a star at some point later in the future. And, and we got it. And so I don't know why Josh Harris is in there. Maybe he wants to take credit for it. Maybe Balmer wants to, whatever, but it's weird. Um, so I don't, and I don't think, and I think the NBA might've stepped in to be like, guys, we really, we love our little like forced people, players to play regular season games uh, policy. And it seems like nobody's listening to it. It and seems like, like people are doing the opposite on that actually purpose. Makes, that actually makes Adam Silver really upset. And so could you please stop? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's, that's real. But the, yeah, so the, the, the fact that they can trade three first round picks now, which becomes four first round picks on draft night, plus the max money of like 50 to $65 million in cap space next year. I think the, the, the idea that they trade the trading PJ Tucker's contract, PJ was helpful in the playoffs last year. He was not the problem in the playoffs last year, but like he was playing under his contract last year. And then this, and then, you know, through, through a couple games this year and, and presumably would continue to deteriorate next year. Like 
that's too much money to be spending on that guy and to have money Especially on the Especially if his guy. friend isn't here. Especially, and, he, and he's worse, you're right. He's, he's yeah. worse without Harden there. Um, and it is sort of like poetic that he gets to be traded with James to Los Angeles. That's very fun. Um, I they're, did. they're just like in a really, really, like the picks we have right now, 2024 us, 2026 us, 2026 the worst of those three, 2028 us, 2028 Clippers, 2029 us, which is a pick swap, 2030 us. So that just like opens it up to a lot of things like they have now a, a bunch of options um to 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 compete with other teams for uh for for superstars that become available and and really like there's such a you know it's obviously the hardest thing to get in this league is a really really good wing player who can create and handle and defend and shoot but if you're one of those guys playing for a team that you don't think is going anywhere or is not treating you well. The Sixers have a wide open spot between two very, very good superstar type players in Maxi and Embiid it. And they have the cap space to, to pay you all the money that you want. All it takes is like asking for that. And the Sixers previously didn't, but now do have the assets to trade for that player to make it palatable for the team trading him. Okay. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask you one question about Maxi. Then I want to ask some questions about the players that come in the trade and, you know, in starting lineups, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and then maybe some potential sort of like, what could they do with it this year if they decide to make move this year? And, okay. and what would you do? So how, A, you wrote a thing today, admittedly was really busy today, didn't read it. Just saw the first paragraph. He posted it himself. I didn't edit it, but I think I got the I gist. It. I read it. The gist was that he had to do it. It was smart to do it now. Mm-hmm. How much do you think them opening up the season with like some positive juice and Maxi looking as good as he looked made him comfortable, maybe even created a little bit of urgency to go, let's just fucking, let's, let's not ruin this. Let's get what we get and, and move on. Like, how much do you think this start affected the timing of the trade? Um, I think a little bit. I think certainly for posturing, like if the, you know, if if the Clippers saw that the, that Maxi was struggling, then maybe they would go like, "We can wait. They're going to be down bad enough that we can, you know, Daryl will eventually cave." But I think it, it it fortified the Sixers' positioning to go like, "Maxi is an absolute star. He." has made this trade, you know, we're not going to sink with Harden off the team. We can, I really do think like, because of how good he's gotten, because of how good they look on offense, which we can talk about in a second, you know, I'll just say it right now. Uh, per Dan Devine of yahoo.com, our friend, um, last season, the Sixers finished 29th in how often they finished offensive possessions off of cuts. This season, they're tied for seventh. Last season, they finished 29th in dribble handoff frequency. Yeah. This season, they are number one so far. It's three games, yeah. obviously. But like things are changing. Things that are different. There looks to be more flow. Finding more role players. I, I think that Maxi and Embiid are good enough offensive players to where like th- you're going to have a good offense with those guys here now and Nick Nurse coaching it. And you just really want the defense to be good. And the fact that they got two players in Covington and Batum uh, trading PJ, but to another valuable depth 
more than one valuable depth piece who can play defense, I think is really big. Ha- not having to force Harden back onto this team to like watch him struggle on defense and 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 spoil the offense and all the all the gains that they made in that regard, I think is really good. And and all of it is made possible because of how much better Maxi has gotten yeah. and how dynamic he is from three. Dynamic he is with the ball in his hand. Like he is obviously going to work through mistakes as a, a lead guard as he as he gets as he gets better at that he's been playing mostly off ball through through his young career so far but like there's been enough to see enough examples and evidence that maxi is just really 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 good the ceiling that he had last year is not the ceiling he has this year like there's no talent like he could just he he's going to continue to get better and i think that the sixers treating him as if he's a number three or four option and like a nice young player you know a couple years ago it's just not the case anymore he's a stud he could make an all-star team this year. He could he could eventually be on like a, a an all NBA team. I mean, this is this is crazy. So you have to reorient yourself around like we don't have to swing just for the fences. We can go hit this trade, which is like a double because we have Maxi as as like a home run possibility. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm I I think about it during the day now sometimes that man, I can't believe Maxi got better again. Mm-hmm. It is fucking wild. Every time I I like him, I love him. But I just sort of, every time I put a ceiling, I watch him. I'm like, man, he's fucking better than he was. Yeah. He's be, like, he's better. He's better right now than Harden. He's better. He's a better player in, in just about every way. He's not as good a passer, but he's a better player, better offensive player, better defensive player. Also not a fucking asshole. So, mm-hmm. which is important. This and team that does, needs that does matter. It, it's it not the matter. only thing, like the fact that, Tobias Harris reads and is nice to his teammates doesn't make his contract fair. But like the fact that Maxi is so good and young and going to be on like a team friendly contract, even once he does get paid all the money he's going to get and he's a joy to play with, that does matter. It matters that Damian Lillard is a guy that his teammates rally around and that him and Giannis are coexisting because both of them are like, you know, putting winning first and not, you know, going to parse how many touches that they get. That's what so, matters. So I know you're not Mr. Starting Lineup Guy, but indulge me for a second. Yeah, this is an interesting question. It really is. And I think, so my first gut instinct tells me that it is, the starting lineup is Maxi, Melton. Uh, why do I always want to call him Battier? Um, Nick Batum. Batum, Tobias, Joel. That is probably what I would put it at. I think, you know, they play on Thursday. We'll see if those guys are ready by then. Yeah. I think if they're not, then maybe you see like Daniel House doing, you know, cosplaying as a starter for for a little bit. Um, I would probably say Batum as well. I think you could say Covington because he's the closest to PJ Tucker as far as like, you know, mostly shooting from a standstill, mostly defending fours. Um and there's an argument to be made that you want Batum off the bench for when Maxi is not uh, on the court so that you have another excellent passer there. So I would say like if, you know, in not in non Maxi minutes, you know, you want it to be, it's probably Melton and some other guys, but I, I would put, I would put Melton and Batum in every non Maxi lineup because those are your two other best passers. Yeah. Um, but I would probably say Batum is just Batum is just good. He's just a good basketball player who's capable in a bunch of different ways. 
he's not crazy athletic. Maybe you want more athleticism there. Maybe, maybe they do go for Dan, Dan house. Who's the nominal starter, but doesn't finish games or something. Um, I think they like Ubre off the bench, just a little pop off the bench as the sixth man type. He's been great at that so far. There's, I think, and I think it could change. I think it could change based on matchups and stuff. Um, I, I would, if it's me, I would probably say I, I'd go to Nicholas Batum. Yeah, and I, I sort of like the move of Tobias to the four, and I think it puts him in the corners sometimes, which I know he doesn't, he doesn't love, but I. I sort of like that for him at four rather than three. I like yeah. that Batum having the ability to sort of be a little more three E than Tobias is. I don't know that, that that necessarily matters. I think Batum is positionally as far as who he guards is similar to PJ. I don't think you want Batum guarding down. He's pretty old laterally. He yeah, doesn't have a I ton there. I think um, about him from like six years ago. Yeah. I mean, everybody in this trade except for KJ Martin is like quite old. This is yeah. a, this is a, this is a millennial trade happening. <laughs> Um, and we should talk about KJ Martin on an hour three, but yeah. I, I mean, I love, I love Covington being back, man. There's, there's such a nice, we have not had a process player return to the Sixers in this era. And it's just very nice that it's Covington who is obviously a delight on this podcast, um, at Xfinity live. And he's just, he's just beloved, man. And he's just great. And he's going to, you know, he's a little stiffer than he was. He's, he's, defensively his offensive game is better you know the shooting's going to come and go whatever but he's a he's a bit, bit of a better ball handler he's a bit of a better finisher um and he can you know there's optionality with him him and batum uh in 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 times when b-ball paul is not playing well or not great for the matchup you can go you know covington batum tobias as your or or kelly Ubre or whatever as your as your you know front court um i think that would be interesting yeah, I, I, I really, I think that this this team has has gotten a lot more versatile. Losing losing Danny, obviously, it's, it sucks on a personal level for Danny. Um, hopefully, some team signs him. He does seem to have like enough to be on a roster, if not yeah, be on like a. He was playable. Team. He, was he was playable, playable. in the preseason, and the, the times he played in the regular season so far have seemed a little bit out of step. Um, but uh, losing Danny, losing Harden, losing uh, PJ. They've just gotten more fluid. They've gotten less um, exploitable. With Danny, with PJ, like you just know that they could not put the ball on the deck or do any or do anything inside, finishing inside, shooting if they you know doing anything if they if they get run off the line, whatever. Um, and with Harden, you 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 had a guy who was super exploitable on defense. Um, and, and just effort being a question and bead was and bead already like is prone to pouting and giving up on plays. If he feels unhappy about something, whatever it is, not that he's a quitter or anything, but just like occasionally he just like gets a little cranky and having him and, and Harden out there doing that is very detrimental to the team. It and, sucks. And not having not it having two of those guys it. is tough. And not having two guys in Maxi and Harden that you can, even though Maxi's getting better at defense, not having two of those guys that you can exploit on defense is big. So the Maxi being like the worst defender on the team or the worst defender in the rotation, and I think he's pretty good and getting better. Is he a tries big deal. at least. And he tries. He's, he's a yeah. big it's a big deal. It's a yeah. really big deal. So now like the team just overall one to like twelve is really relatively loaded with guys who can do stuff 
rather than like, okay, this, this person is good is only like this part of the court. And like this person only good at this part of the court. And this person is good. If you like, don't make a move like those kinds of, there's not as much of that. It just feels like one to 12. They're really, they're, they're really like capable in, in a, in a big way. So, and the other thing I'll say about Covington, this is me being, it's his, it's Covington's fourth in season trade, by the way, of his career, which is crazy. This is, this is me waxing poetic about Covington. What the people who haven't been here a long time don't remember, they remember playoff Covington who had his highs and lows, yep. you know, in-season Covington, which had his highs and lows. The time that he fell in the stands on something metal and we don't know what it was and he disappeared into the stands oh, for like right. for like four hours. I you forgot remember that. about that. Yeah. But the other thing that I remember about Covington is he was the first process guy who could shoot. Mm-hmm. And he changed the entire team. Mm -hmm. Just having a person who could shoot, we were like, what is this? What is this? He changed everything. And I, I, it was wonderful that moment when he came in the game and could shoot. And not only could he shoot, but he was shooting a lot. A ton. Because he was the only guy. In in 2015, 2016, he shot 7.2 per game. Yeah. Which like that, of that era, but like, that was a lot. I mean, it was only like eight, seven years ago, but like that's, that was a lot for the time. And it was a lot for a guy that was undrafted. And that basically just got here. The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Mortgage CS. It's Mortgage CS, right? Am I right? CJ? Yes. Love Mortgage CS. Love that they're independent. CS stands for concierge service. So basically what they're doing is they're helping you get a mortgage and they're making you a VIP. Anytime there's a concierge, it means you're VIP. They are your mortgage concierge. So they are an independent mortgage broker. They're not lending you the money. They're going to the lenders and getting you the money. And the fact that they're independent is super important because so many mortgage brokers are not, meaning they have business deals with some of the bigger lenders. And when they are telling you which, you know, which more which to take, which, you know, where to get your loan, they may have some motivation besides you. They could have financial motivation. Otherwise, Mortgage CS doesn't. They care about you. They educate you on the process. They're available for you morning, noon, and night. Every Ricky listener who has used Mortgage CS, who has reported back to us, has aces. Aces. They say it's great. And trust me, if it was bad, somebody would fucking tell us. They tell us every bad thing. Text or call Ben, the CEO, at any time. Text him right now. Ask him what he thinks about the hardened trade. I want somebody in the chat to report back. Text Ben right now. 267-391-7425. 267-391-7425. Teach you everything. Teach you what APR is, why the rate is not always the rate. You know. Also, by the way, if uh, you want to do some debt consolidation, they can help you with this. They're not just going to help you get a loan. They're going to teach you about the process. You're going to feel better about all of it. They actually did come on Fly the Process last time. Alec and Ben did, came to San Antonio. I wonder if they're going to come to Los Angeles. Fly the process. Uh, go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky to schedule a consultation or call or text Ben 267-391-7425 anytime. If you don't trust me, Google it. See all the five-star reviews, hundreds of them. This advertisement, not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. Marcus Morris, it's nice that he's from Philly. Yeah. He's pretty cooked. He's cooked. Yeah. I think there's, I, I, I put him on like 15th on the roster right now. I think this does make, you know, obviously the small ball five stuff that I just talked about, notwithstanding. This does make Mo Bamba like, he had, 
probably became the fourth center after Petrushev because he he did look bad in preseason Mobamba, but now he's third. But I would say Marcus Morris should be the least likely player on the active roster to play because he is old and not that good anymore (laughs) and not that good defensively and not that good of a shooter anymore. But there's also a chance that he plays and like has like nine points in four minutes. So he at least can, at least if you're going to have somebody that like is a waste of space, he's mostly a contract that, that can be used at the deadline to, to, uh, is he, the one that pushed, is he the Morris that pushed over? I think that was Markeef. CJ, over. tell me which one it was. Marcus or Mar- Mar- Markeef that pushed Jokic very hard. No, that Jokic pushed. Jokic pushed them. Right. The other one. Yeah. Jokic was the, the violent one there. Was it him? Um, Come on, CJ. He was out Producer. for a really It wasn't him. Time. It was the other one. It was Markeef. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was but, Markeef. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll play, but he's, you know, $17 million expiring. Like it is a big deal that the Sixers got all expirings out of this and got rid of both Petrushev and PJ Tucker's money off the books for next year. Um, everybody's cap, you know, KJ Martin's cap hold is going to be small. I- I'm excited about KJ Martin. He's young. Can, he's yeah, lefty. Could you tell me about KJ Martin? Cause I don't really like, I know who he well, is. That's Kenny Martin's son. I know. I knew that, but like um, as a player, He's a, you know, a a three, four type. He's 23. Uh, He's extremely strong, sort of built like a, like a tight end. Like Kenyon Um, Martin. Yes. Like built like his dad. Um, More, I would say, you know, I, I, Kenyon Martin, I think of as a little bit just vertical athleticism and, and KJ has, has both a lot of that. And also um, he's fast. He's really, really fast. Um, he's, he's going to throw down some like absolutely sick dunks. He's really physical. Is he in he the, can shoot a little bit. Is he um, in the rotation right away? I don't think so right now. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I, I think that there's a case to be made that any of those, and I think Batum is definitely going to be in the rotation. I think he's good enough. I think his passing is going to absolutely be a virtue, um, that they need Covington, I think should play. I think he had, he had a tough, like, you know, we talked about this in the off season, but he didn't play much for the Clippers last year. He gave an interview to the athletic, I think where he was like really pissed about how he didn't play last year. He's going to like, he's going to flush it. He's just going to take care of as easily as lowest scoring season of his career, of his, of his full season of his full career. Um, so I think he was planning on bouncing back this year and, and it seemed like Ty Lue was willing to play him a little bit more so far. But, uh, you know, KJ Martin played his first three years of his career in Houston. Um, he was, uh, in the rotation, he was one of their like prized young guys, and they basically got uh, Tari Eason in the draft last year mm. uh, to to do what he does, but better, which is be crazy athletic and create havoc. Tari Eason's a better defensive player. KJ Martin is not a good defensive player yet, but you could see the makings of him becoming one. How old is he? He's twenty three. Okay. Um, he averaged last year. He averaged like thirteen and six. Like he he played last year for a bad Houston team that was kind of all over the place. Um, he shoots in like the low to mid thirties on threes. He, he is certainly athletic enough to where he should become a good defender over the course of his life. Um, it's not there yet, but as far as like flying around, running out in transition, being not a total zero from three, um, I, I think he could get in the rotation at times. I think odds are this year, he probably won't for long stretches. Um, 
I think Nick Nurse will probably trust Batum and Covington more, but I think he's fine to have, and I think he will throw down some absolutely sick dunks in the times that he is in the game. Well, that puts him at an advantage over everybody on the team. Yeah, he's the lob threat I've been looking for, for sure. So but between him him and Kelly Oubre, it's the, the lefties on this team are starting to, uh, starting to blossom. So what should I do? I want to talk about what could happen yeah. during this season. I think that's a good thing to talk about. Let's, we got a good voicemail about that. 833-LICKFACE. Looking at this Bulls squad and thinking they're going to blow it up this season, would you rather get Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan at the deadline in a theoretical Chicago blow-up scenario? Get either one of them at the deadline for the price of what you think they cost, and would it take this team past or at least be competitive with Celtics, Bucks, and then whoever makes it on the Western Conference? Who who best helps a championship run? Thanks, guys. Love the pod. So, first of all, what do you think the odds are that that this is an in-season thing? I think there's probably a lot that has to do with it. How good the Sixers are, who's available, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the two Bulls guys who are both two guards, but Levine you're committing to past this season, you're making like a real commitment to, whereas DeRozan is just a, you know, for the rest of the year guy. Do you think either of those guys are possibilities and how much of a chance do you think it'll happen during the year? I don't think that DeRozan is a Daryl guy. I Just wouldn't mind him. can't shoot or... But I, don't, I think the not being able to shoot, not being able to really defend... Um, I mean, he's a better defender than Harden is, but he's not great. I I, I wouldn't mind it, but I, I get the sense that that's not, a, that's not, not somebody Daryl would target. I mm-hmm. think Levine is definitely somebody that he would like. I think his offense is incredible. He scored 50 points and didn't have an assist that was the other night. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Le- Levine's shooting and offense is game-breaking. Uh, and him and Maxi as a backcourt would be one of the best offensive backcourts in the league. Levine also, even though he doesn't always pass, the, the Bulls are just a, a shit show. Um, they had a players-only meeting after one game last year. Yeah, uh, this year, right. that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, um, they should have lost to, to Toronto, um, and would be like zero and three or four or whatever. Uh, I think those guys are possibilities. I don't know that I'm like in love with Levine as a possibility. Like if they got him, I wouldn't be upset, but I don't know that I'm a Zach Levine guy necessarily. He seems like a good guy, uh, but I'm not as a player in love with that idea. He, he is not a good defensive player. And I just really like the idea of not having, you know, you look at Boston and they just don't have a player on, who is bad on defense. Yeah. And I Levine's just find that better than he used to be, by the way, he's not a zero. He's, close to a zero mm, okay he's closer to a zero than i would like sure um and he's better than harden yeah i think that's probably true <laughs> i guess it's not saying much but i don't think it's you know i think heart i think harden is probably a little bit better in the playoffs than his defensive reputation uh calls for as much as i don't want to say it but i think like overall the, the stink of harden not really giving a fuck on defense it filters down over sure. the course of a full season. And I think Levine just like, he gets confused off ball. He's, he, he's just not like, not a guy that I would trust defensively to like lock anybody up or, or like really do his job or be in the right place all the time. Um, 
if we're starting to say like, Hey, we have three or four first round picks and a ton of cap space. Who's the first guy you're thinking about? Zach Levine's just not, not necessarily it for me. No, no. Um, I love watching him by the way. I like, I love him. There's something about him as like that guy that we're looking for that doesn't pass the sniff test. It's like a combo of things. It could be him. I, you know, all off season and I was preparing to do this all season. We've been talking about like, who the fuck can they get for James Harden that both has players that we would want and could theoretically want James Harden in return for them. And now it opens up a little bit more because now it's just picks. And so you're looking at whether it's this season, if guys, you know, Chicago is obviously a good example of this in Toronto. Once again, the same teams we've been looking at forever of like, Hey, this Toronto's bad (laughs) Toronto, Blake Murphy, uh, who's been on this podcast, who, who, who covers the Raptors, um, had a tweet that I sent to Zoe that they have through four games have just the most historically bad first uh, or half court offense in the league. They just don't do enough in the half court. They're just really, really horrendous. Some of it's just bad shooting, but a lot of it's personnel. I don't know what Masai is doing. I've been wondering it for a long time. They have an expiring OG Ananobi. They have an expiring Pascal Siakam. They have Scotty Barnes, who, who is good. But how much better can he will he get remains to be seen. Um, if they, I'd be surprised, but I guess I'd be surprised by them doing anything. Like if they really resign OG and Siakam to both long term major money deals to run it back for a team that has such a bad offense and has a still limited upside, I, I'd be, I don't know, but I also find it hard to believe that Masai would just trade one of them. So I don't know. Those two guys are interesting to me. Those are both good offensive players. And in OG's case, a great off, great defensive player, Pascal better on offense, worse on defense than, than OG, but still good. Both um, expiring by the way, just, you yeah, know. both expiring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, if, so if you trade for one of those guys, you're, you're making like the trade. Yeah. You're trading for them level. so that you can yeah. then resign him with your, with his bird rights. Yeah. But I think it doesn't limit it to that. You know, if, if you're, if you're looking at, guys that you go, maybe they're not happy on this team or maybe this team will fail. You can look at Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland who might not be happy there, might be, you know, angling for to leave in free agency anyway. They might want to capitalize on it if if things don't go the way they think they're going to go. Maybe Brandon Ingram in New Orleans, who I'm not necessarily a Brandon Ingram guy, but really does fit here as as a solid three like that can create some. That's We'd a pretty really reaping player. what we sowed. That's really Brandon long Ingram. with the Simmons thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, not my kind of player, but I, he's definitely good. Um, maybe Memphis keeps falling off a cliff. They haven't won a game yet. Marcus Smart and a little taste of uh, the Celtics medicine. That'd be something. Oh, I would love having Marcus Smart on the team. If 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 Memphis, just, <laughs> I they haven't won a game. If things Smart. just go bad, maybe if doesn't game gets hurt and they just want to go like, let's just punt this year and go back next year. They already have Stephen Adams injured, Brandon Clark still out, that kind of thing. Who knows? They might. They don't seem like they want to do that, but maybe. Or you can go a smaller deal now for a guy like Malcolm Brogdon to be your point guard off the bench. For a guy like Buddy Heald, who's a ton of offense, maybe the Hawks go bad and you want Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, there's a couple, there's a bunch of those, you know, you can, we can keep looking around the league as that's just something I thought of. Those are, those are guys that came to mind at first. Um, 
you know, maybe, I don't know, fucking Gordon Hayward or something. There, there's guys that you could, you could put together to, to make like this, this person could be helpful this season. Um, and it just opens it up now that they have picks to trade rather than James Harden. Cause, cause that was prohibitive in so many ways. Uh, it's exciting, man. I, the trade was probably better than I would have thought it would be. Really? I would say, I, I would say would, it's on the, on the higher end of it. Siakam. Yes. I thought that months ago. <laughs> and then when it didn't happen at the, this time and I, and then okay. trusting Masai to like make that trade. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I, don't, I really don't know what Toronto's doing. I keep being baffled by them. So that's, that's part of my confusion. Um, but as far as like, okay, who wants Harden right now as he's expiring, it is a diminishing asset. Like the beautiful, the, you know, the meal that you made is getting bad before your eyes. The longer you wait, the more moldy it gets. And you got to trade them for something before it gets, it gets bad. And so then the fact that they got two first, two seconds, a pick swap, wing depth that can help right now. KJ Martin, who's a young guy who maybe, maybe fits. Maybe he's just great. And Nick Nurse loves him. And he's, he signs for, he's, on a, he's, he's also on an expiring contract. He signs for a, a team-friendly deal this offseason, like three years, 12 million or something like that. He becomes like a guy that they, that they like around here. Um, and they get rid of PJ's contract for next season. I just really, I was out on this team for the last four months. And I was excited about a couple things. Excited about Turquavion Smith. Excited about Kelly Oubre. Mm-hmm. Excited about how good Tyrese Maxey has gotten and continues to get and what the possibilities that opens up for them. But Harden is gone. The coffers are restocked. They have a team that is competing and is well coached and they are fucking cutting for God's sakes and finishing off of those cuts and making those passes. I really, really like what they have right now. Not necessarily. This is a team that I'm like, they can win a championship, but I would like to see how they gel and how Nick Nurse continues to to work with these guys. And I think they have a puncher's chance in the playoffs, as is, to beat most teams and maybe give Boston or, or Milwaukee, depending on how things go with those guys. With the right vibes? With the sure. right vibes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if they decide and if the right trade comes along this uh, at the deadline, I think they absolutely will make it and and see if that can uh propel them into like true, true contendership. Um, odds are this season, it will be another second round exit. I think it's probably, probably likely, but with like way, way, way more hope for the future based on the fact that Harden is not here souring the vibes and they have the draft picks to actually compete with other good and, and the, and the cap space to compete with other good teams that are trying to, uh, acquire players and trades. So I feel, I feel good, man. I feel good. I feel relative. I feel, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I think we're all back. I, to be honest with you, I, I asked you last time if you were back because I sort of felt back two wins, two wins and spike got back. I'm sort of, but it's a different kind of back. Yeah. It's a different back. All right. I have a couple of questions and and then a couple of issues to discuss right after we talk about LL Pavorsky jewelers. We're right. Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get, get engaged. Hey, fucko, you going to get engaged? You can't do it anywhere but L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, the first sponsor of the Ricky. Think about what a miserable experience it would be if you went to anyone but L.L. Pavorsky. Think about if you proposed to your significant other 
and he or she said, where did you get this engagement ring? And you said anything but L.L. Pavorsky, what a schmuck you would be. Mm. You can't go to anyone else. Over mm. 360, right, Ricky Sanchez listeners have gone to L.L. Pavorsky for engagement rings. Why? The service, right? He is giving you one-on-one service. It's not like a swarm of salespeople. It's Lee. Two, no pressure. You walk into a, a jewelry store, they're just fucking hounding on you. There's no pressure from Lee. Three, you're going to get great fucking jewelry at a great price. And four, he will, if you get an engagement ring, he's probably going to give you like a Ricky thing, like a t-shirt or some shit or a poster, some bullshit. Call him to make an appointment. 215-627-2252. 215-627-2252. Make that appointment. Send him an, an email, lee at llpavorsky.com. Tweet at him, at llpavorsky. Stores right there at 707 Walnut, where it's been for more than three decades. Support of our charities, Mama T's Community Fridge, Providence Animal Center, L. L. Pavorsky Jewelers. For fuckos like you. All right. Couple of couple of questions, thoughts, concerns. First of all, I just I want to give a message to two separate players who are no longer here. First of all, PJ Tucker. Loved him from the beginning. Love that he won, like there was a PJ Tucker game in the playoffs. There are fake dogs and there are real dogs. And that guy is 100% for real. Love how dedicated he is to the team. Also, love how dedicated he is to his friend, Harden. Fucking loves Harden, but also loves the fucking team. And his buddy was in that whole bullshit here. And never once did I ever think that PJ Tucker wasn't all in. He was only here for season and a quarter or whatever the fuck it was our season in three games i loved having pj tucker on the sixers <laughs> i bought pj tucker game used autographs sneakers from a fucking sixers auction i'm happy i love pj tucker second thing james hard you fucking suck buddy you suck and it's a shame because your statistics you revolutionize the game with how you play maury completely right 100 percent outrageous score during the regular season. Very few players in the history of the NBA could have carried the weight that you carried as an offensive player and have that team be a good team. A really good team. Unbelievable. But buddy, the shit you pulled during the playoffs is unmatched in its bullshit. And then for you to blame literally everybody else, I've just never, I've seen Joel no-show I've never seen anybody quit like James Harden. James Harden, the greatest regular season scorer of all time, maybe, but the greatest playoff quitter of all time, definitely. Farewell. Uh, I hated having you here, except for like the first three days. And I'm glad that you're gone. Thank you for the content. Uh, I, I, asked have, you, I have something okay. to say for a player who is still here. Yes. For Concord Moss. Yeah, yes. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We love you. There was a report that he he asked to be in this trade. They said and no. And both the Clippers said no, and also the Sixers said no. Uh, the Clippers, or the Sixers are, are doing some sort of like, sort of this, their kink is torturing him. This is pretty rough. He seems like a nice guy. He did get to see Matisse the other night, and he seemed happy to see him. Uh, it's the first time he smiled in several years. Uh, I really, really want... Korkmaz to be in the rotation for at least a period of this year. Just let Ho- us see. One more let time. Let us see. One more time. Ho- a, a couple weeks. One more time. He, you know, there's no reason why he shouldn't play. You know, let Batum, Covington, KJ Martin, Marcus Morris, let, let him ease in. Give, give me like a couple days of Korkmaz in the rotation. If he plays well, then maybe he overtakes Daniel House. 
Maybe they need they need a little bit more movement shooting, something like that. I it is obviously very funny that he keeps asking for a trade and the Sixers say no to it. He is an expiring contract, so this likely unless Corkmans's agent is really trying to fuck with him be the last year for Corkmans in in Philadelphia. Uh I, I don't want it to be so, such a bad time for him. He seems great. We love Korkmaz. He will get hot somewhere sometime. Uh, I hope he's in the rotation. Uh, man. Yeah, I feel Somebody be nice to Korkmaz. I feel bad for him. I have a, a question and a couple of voicemails I think we should get to. First of all, the question. Now, it's not really a question. It's just sort of a statement. And I just sort of need your thoughts. I might need CJ's thoughts as well. James Harden never played for the Sixers this season. Mm-hmm. I did not watch James Harden play for the Sixers this season in any games. Per your directive, that means that I have not broken the promise officially. Therefore, I do not have to do the punishment. Uh, your thoughts? I, I think like I, I stand by the thing that I said that like it saying you are going to cheat on someone and then never cheating on them is still like bad. Um, especially because you didn't cheat on them because of like the person that you wanted to cheat with saying like, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but the vibes are good enough here and it would be weird if you showed up to a game that Harden wasn't in doing this, whatever Harden situation. Yeah, let's of it. Go hard. it just makes me an asshole um, and not, it feels funny. a little bit like dwelling on the past and I'm, yeah. you know, especially in light of your hip surgery situation, I will give you the gift of, of not requiring that you do that. CJ, your thoughts. My thoughts are it would be pretty good to go to L.A. going to a Clippers game with you dressed as Harden with Harden there. Yeah, but I'm a I I think that makes me a prick. That would it it could be. I I agree. Taken the wrong way. Yeah, I agree. Should I go to the Laker game that night and wear it with the Harden stuff on? (laughs) I don't want to go to another basketball game. I look. It is what it is. It was a great idea. I give credit to the guy who's at maybe when the Sixers, when, when Maury signs him for two years, 20 million after this season. If the Sixers, how about this? If the Sixers win a championship this year, (laughs) you go to the parade in full James Harden. For sure. No problem. I'll get the fucking tattoo too. There you go. All of it. All of it. Also, I just want to say people are saying like the Sixers now do not have a backup point guard. And I think like that is, they are going to struggle from a passing like perspective that is going to be an issue for them. I do think Nick Batum has cleaned up some of that and will. Um, I think Pat Beverly can like do a serviceable job enough. If Embiid is in there also, there will be times when their defense, their offense doesn't look good because they don't have somebody like running the show with when Maxie's down. Um, but I, I don't think it's like a necessary thing that in the playoffs, you're going to play like a pure point guard floor general, you know, settle, settle everybody, get the ducks in order type offense. I, I, I think it's, it, they, will, time. they might miss There's it in time the regular to get season. One. They'll be okay. I mean, yeah, I just they, don't think in the regular season that you're going to, you're going to miss it a little bit, but it's not like they're going to be in the playoff rot- rotation. So I'm, I'm kind of fine with it. I'd rather like, let's, let's let Pat Bev get comfortable doing that on a regular basis. Let's let's see if, you know, the, the wings can operate like Tobias or, or Melton or, or Batum, or even like if Springer can do it in a little bit, like those kinds of things, I'd rather see that than, than get a guy who is, you know, Howell Neto, who's like never going to play in the playoffs because he can't hang defensively. 
when uh, here's the truth regular season <laughs> knowing what i know about nick nurse seeing what i see about tyrese maxi Max, he's playing 41 minutes a game, guys. He's like, playing 41 minutes a game in the regular season yes. and 46 minutes a game in the, in the <laughs> Yeah, playoffs. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. 833 Lickface. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Tiffany in Fishtown, and I just wanted to share some thoughts on the Harden trade this morning. Uh, my husband woke me up by whispering in my ear that James Harden is gone, in which I like immediately jumped out of bed like it was Christmas morning. And I uh, started sobbing in a good way. I am also uh, four months pregnant and my hormones are all over the place, but it truly feels like Christmas right now on Halloween and it is a miracle. And I'm just so glad that this saga is over. Um, so thankful for the pod and uh, love you guys. Bye. I just love, honey, get up. Yeah. James Harden has been traded. Yeah. Yeah, I almost woke all this up last night with it, but... <laughs> felt like something could wait, wait until the morning yeah and then, uh, it's just and then, nice to be over man it's real it really yes. is nice to be over now we can just be like hey the sixers are are doing good and it's fun you don't have to like caveat everything with these like heavy you know also asterisks that could just absolutely sink you to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> like, it's just, hey, they're good. They got good players. Maxi's fun and a bunch of wings and Embiid. Like, that's cool. Great. That's good. Uh, I have two good voicemails, and then I'll I'll give a, a quick recap of what happened to my hip. I thought you would like this voicemail, 833 Listen, no matter what you think of how cooked Nicholas Fatum is, of how we have the slightly less cooked Morris twin. Or how far away those first round picks are. It doesn't matter. This guy was supposed to walk and go to Houston. And now we have second round picks. We're back, baby. Mike specifically is back. Jake Milton's, your Paul Reeds. We're getting the guys that we like again. What makes the process the process again? We have second round picks again. That's all that matters. There you go. That's it. And then. Talk about, I love how Sixers, we all quit the team. We quit the team and we talked about quitting the team for several months. And when I say we all, I don't mean us, we like, but everybody quit the team. I'm just over it and blah, 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 blah. And this is never going to work. And then we make one trade that acquires one and a half first round picks. And we get this. Two first round picks. I'm not selling for one and a half. Don't say it. Eh, It's not, it's not. Okay. The fact that they can trade a first round pick, their own first round pick, doesn't make it half. They're not going to use both of those first round picks to select players. Eight three three Lake Face. Thanks, Mike. Mike CJ, uh, Ashton, Virginia. After the Harden trade, trying to think about the next move, where Daryl will go with all these pieces. Getting a ball dominant guard won't help. Getting a person like Siaka won't help. Are there any chances that Boston creators in the next year? or even six months or maybe next summer and trades Brown or Tatum, you know, Boston likes to draft players that the Sixers would like to use and they can take their draft picks and do that now with whatever they want. Would they make that trade or do they just blacklist the Sixers as a rival and such? I'm not a question. Is Spike still a liar? Discuss. So they're going to trade for Jason Tatum when Boston, the favorite in the East Craters. Seems unlikely. I think like yeah. Jalen could get traded at some point in the future. They just, they had to sign for that big ass contract, but don't 
didn't necessarily f- love him there. Maybe um, I find it hard to believe that they would trade him to the Sixers, and I would have a tough time trusting them and their <laughs> medicals and everything yeah. after considering the history between those two franchises. So not necessarily, even though I like Jalen very much uh, as a player, I really think he rules. And I think that the, uh, the ball handling stuff is a little bit overblown. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that he's going to come. I think his, his biggest problem is he's like, sort of like not the same position, obviously, but he's sort of like Aaron Gordon in that if he is as a, as what's an offensive that? player, he's better than Aaron Gordon. As an no, 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 no. But here's what I'm saying is that if he eventually, I, I don't think as a, a player himself, but if he eventually ends up on a team where he is like, sort of like what Andrew Wiggins is on the Warriors, he'd be great. He, he tries, he thinks he's better than he is. It's his biggest problem. I think mm-hmm. Jalen Brown just tries to score too much, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I think, I think he's better than that. I think mm. he's a better better player than you. Do I think he's a three that thinks he's a one and acts like a two. I'm fine. I, I would consider him a three. I think if he came here, he'd be a three, and that'd be great. Yeah. So, but I, I, but I would love. I would I would like Siakam very much. I think Siakam on this team would be great. I think he would fit really nicely between those guys as a guy that can stretch the floor and also create and also run a little pick and roll and pass and defend. Um, I think he's a little once, fake good. Once Tobias is, but he's also he'd also be the third yeah. best player on this team. And once Tobias expires next season, whether whether they get Siakam now or they just sign him outright uh, next season, um, which is possible. Like you know, I'm talking about oh they can uh, they can trade all these picks to acquire somebody now, and especially Masai, who seems reluctant as a as a trade partner, um, might not do it. I mean, they might want want to do it. There could be like okay, we're just going to let one of um, Siakam or Ananobi expire and then try to sign them into cap space this, this offseason. And then they have that guy and also all the picks. There's a fucking fly coming at me. Maybe it wants, it wants my James Harden wine. Um, and also have, have all those picks to, to operate with. Um, that's the benefit of cap space. There's, there's the possibility of that. So I, I think I, I do... I think I think Siakam would be a really really nice fit with with Embiid um, and Maxi and and share some of the creation load that Maxi will get better at and be good at, but he's still not obviously going to be like you know an A plus at. I I think given what their assets are now, I think somebody would probably trade more for him than the Sixers would have available to trade. Siakam, yeah. There's the, well, it would have here's to be the problem. There's it would two, have to be somebody that wants him. Yes, that has the assets to trade for him. Yep, and that also then wants to sign him for big money next this offseason. The problem, I think, my problem is that both probably New Orleans, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Houston, all could win. Could win even New York at this point could win a trade over us if they felt like it. Sure. That's my, there's too many teams. He's too attractive. Like the, the hardened trade thing aside, he's just, I would, I, I agree. He would fit really well. I I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical of him overall, but it probably comes from his role in Toronto. Yeah. I, I mean, carry too much, but I, I just think there would be somebody that would outbid us would be my guess. But he also, you know, it would have to be a situation where 
you know, Daryl, the thing Daryl has said and continues to say is that we are the only like very good team that has cap space mm-hmm. to sign these players. Yeah, that, and maybe, for an offseason thing. And yeah. you could add Oklahoma City to that, who I think is good and will continue to be good, but it would require Siakam being like, I want to go there. And if yeah. some and if and if some player of that like also, you know, I don't know where the line is. Maybe maybe the line is just shy of OG Ananobi, but if the line is at a certain place and, and Siakam's like, I want to go to Philadelphia, trade me to Philadelphia, or just I'm I'll go trade me wherever and then I'm gonna expire from Oklahoma City or San Antonio or wherever. There was a thing with him and Nick Nurse though, right? Like I don't a, know. a not great thing. I don't know. Oh. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. There, there seemed to be a weirdness with Nick Nurse and some of the stuff going on in Toronto, but I don't know if it's an Ananobi thing or a, or a Siakam thing, but that's definitely a factor that's worth bringing up for sure. There's I a saw- lot of it, the, the cap space, you know, the prior to this, it was just like all they had all that because they couldn't compete in the trade market because they didn't have the assets to do it. They were like cap space, we're going to sign somebody this off season. And that just as a, uh, AU in his article wrote like the list of signings that the Sixers did this millennium is bleak free agent signings Horford Elton Brand Sergio Rodriguez Gerald Henderson like I'm naming just a couple there's more more in the article but like it's not good it is quite bad Uh, but now the having the assets to do it and also cap space there's there's versatility there of what of what Daryl can do whether it's at the deadline or in the offseason. I was gonna tell now obviously I was supposed to I was yeah I, I had asked I don't think he I had asked Daryl both on the pod and off the pod please do not trade make any trades on October 31st or November 1st. I woke up today and the reason you is, asked him you did you text you, you sent you reached yes, out to him personally to say I that. did. I did, yes. And and your your intention of that being like he will stop the trade. I want him to regret giving me his phone number. Okay. And that's fair. He look, I appreciate his his inv- like that he comes on the pod. And by the way, we have to have him on now that the hardened trade is is over. Yeah. We always like to have him on after rather than before when he can actually, you know, talk about it. and the trade's not even official yet. So but I appreciate his involvement in the pod, but he has to know what he's getting into. Am I a professional? Yes. Am I a good and reasonable person? Yes. Am I also a silly idiot? Yes. And I'm not going to bother you for inside information. I never ask him for inside information at all. But every once in a while, I want to text him and say, don't make a trade on this day because I'm having hip surgery and I'll be on opioids. So, And what did he say to that? He said, I will, I think he said something like I will, or noted, or I will try or something like that. Okay. It was, and by the way, Daryl, if you had said anything that I shouldn't repeat, I wouldn't repeat it. Obviously you can trust me. I'm a trustworthy guy. So anyway, so I was supposed to have hip replacement surgery today, my right hip. I had mentioned on the last pod and just to reiterate, terrified. I would like to thank everyone who sent, we got a lot of emails telling me, you know, well wishes and things. I really appreciate that. Really scared of surgery like this. I had labral tear surgery like 13 or 14 years ago. I was terrified of that, but actually cutting out your hip joint and replacing it with a fake hip joint, really scary. Well, it sounds like the surgery was fake. Yes. Well, it didn't happen. So I made this appointment two and a half months ago when I had 
an appointment with a doctor. My hip has gotten worse over the last six months, much worse. Can't really put socks on. I uh, have no range of motion in my right hip. It's terrible. Hurts to I, sit, hurts to stand, hurts to walk. Which always. One? Yes. All of all, them. All, th- all of them. Oh, I would say perfect. I'm always limping now. And, um, sitting's fine, actually, I would say, but I can't sit for too long or get stiff anyway. So he, he looked at the x-ray and he told me I have end stage arthritis. I have no cartilage left in my right hip. Mm. When you look at the x-ray. Bynum style. Yes. My left, well, Petri dish. When you look at the left hip, there's this black circle around the joint. That's the cartilage. You look at the right hip, it's all white. You see nothing in between the ball and the joint, zero. Mm. So he said, you need a hip replacement. This was two and a half months ago. I made an appointment the next day. They told me 30 days, within the 30 day period before the surgery, you have to get a physical and blood work to show that you're healthy enough to go through the surgery. I did it two days into the 30 day period, allowing enough of a window, if there were any issues, whatever, got all the information sent to them. And over the last two weeks, I've been on phone calls with them as they call to prepare me, Zoom calls, filling out paperwork. I did all the thing where I, I cleaned my hip with this solution the last five days, got off. I don't take, I haven't taken ibuprofen, nothing over the last, all of this stuff, whatever to prepare. They tell you, they don't tell you the time of the surgery till the day before. They call you the day before. So they call me, they tell me 7.30 a.m. Then they call me again and they tell me, no, we're just kidding. Get here at 9.30 a.m. Then they call me again. Somebody else is like, we want to go over your insurance stuff. I even got a call from somebody telling me exactly what I would owe with my copay after the surgery. $2,600 is what I would owe. Then at 4.30 p.m. yesterday, I get- Did you ask Daryl to pay that? What's that? Did you ask Daryl if he could pay that? You know, let me shoot him a text. Yeah. So I get a call 4.30 p.m. from the doctor's office and urgent- Brett, which is my real name, could you please call us immediately? I call them. And she goes, I've been on the phone with your insurance company the entire day. And and God bless her. She's very nice, has been very helpful the entire time. This This is about me being pissy. I've been on the phone with your insurance company all day and they haven't given authorization yet. And I was like, hold on my insurance company. I don't own the insurance company. I don't even have a choice. And why are you going for the authorization the day before the surgery after you've confirmed the time, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Basically, as it turns out, they said they faxed over everything last week. Faxed? Faxed. Use those words. They have proof that it got faxed over. Okay, whatever. But (sighs) they, they did not receive authorization last week. They did not follow up as to why there was no authorization until yesterday. And as of 5 p.m., they didn't have it and they wouldn't do the surgery. So I said, how about this? I will pay cash for the surgery and then I will go back to my insurance company and I will do my claim that way. But the way that it works is the insurance company pays a different price for the surgery than you do. So if you pay for it out of pocket, you pay like three times the price that the insurance company would pay and they will only reimburse their rate. So I couldn't do that. Not paying $40,000 for hip surgery. I'm sorry. It's sure. So now I still do not have authorization. I spent two and a half hours on the phone today with the insurance company and the doctor's office just to get them to say, I can have hip surgery. I need it. I want it next week. 
or the week after. I don't want it to happen during the winter. The good news is I got to do the podcast. The bad news is I spent eight minutes complaining about it on the podcast. And I would like to say, just as an overarching thing, I appreciate everybody who is doing their job at the doctor's office, at the insurance company. Everybody's trying very hard, but this fucking sucks. It sucks to get your, and I'm upset again. It sucks to get your brain in a place where you're okay for them using medicine to put you to sleep and then cut out your hip and put in a new hip. I was super anxious about it. And now I'm anxious about it happening on time in addition to the anxiety of, um, you know, them cutting me open. So that's the whole story. It's a good system. Good healthcare system. Yeah. Got, it did, did get your ass, which I it, do support yep. any, anybody pranking you. Yep. Uh, would, if you could do it again, if three days ago they said, someone came to you, Daryl came to you and said, I bought the healthcare company <laughs> and I, could, I can fuck with you in this specific way, but the hardened trade gets done and you get to be on the pod for it. Do you do it? No. I, I you wanted the surgery. It. You would take the surgery and not the trade. Yeah. Wow. I have to tell you, I'm sorry for everybody. That's a bigger I, deal than the than the uh, than the lying. No, I was going to say than the uh, than you rooting for the Giants in oh, the right. last NFL last playoffs. Year. Yeah, I I think I can't. I've never been more nervous about anything in my life, and now it's like this slow drip of anxiety rather than like the wave of it. Now it's just like waking up every day and thinking about it. Uh, it was. It was funny to wake up and have the trade happen. Sure. It was like really funny, but, but also I just would like this to be over. And it would have been funny for me to get a, for me to do the podcast sort of, oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> if you're listening to the pod, the, the, there's a comment on the YouTube. This is your actual punishment for the lying. That's, that's good. You didn't, you didn't have to do the hardened thing, but the listener a listener who works at this healthcare company took yep. matters into their own hands. Yep. And wait, said, there was just one last thing, CJ. Wait, CJ, it was, was, it was Twitch. It was Twitch. Oh, it was Twitch. I'm oh, sorry. Wow, I'm sorry. Of course. CJ, love you, Twitch. fucking ma love you, master Twitch. of the chat. Yeah. Love you, Twitch. Love you, Twitch. Love you, Twitch. Absolute semantic man over here having to chime in. Shows my, his beautiful head of hair just so he can say it was Twitch. My, my favorite part of today, as I've been trying to resolve it, is I had one phone call with the insurance company. The phone call was 35 minutes. I was transferred six times. And the final transfer transferred me to the first person I called wow. at a call center in another country. Wow. Yeah. First person. Not so good. Yeah. So come on, approve it. My hip hurts. I promise. This is, a, you should approve it. Please approve it. What if you're some sort of sick fuck that just likes hip <laughs> surgery? Trying to collect hip surgeries for the clicks. That's CJ shit. I would, if anybody would do it for clicks, it would be me. Love clicks. There you go. Yeah. Well, so we got him today, baby. Yeah. James Harden, gone. Yeah. Robert Covington, back. back. Picks. Swapped. Yep. yep. Daryl, home free. <laughs> his, his, his former, former friend, gone. I feel, uh, do you feel, I kind of feel, I'm honestly, I feel I feel bad. I'm sure. I'm sure they're not like best buddies. They're probably fucking sucks to do what Harden did 
you know, from a like a person standpoint. I'm sure I think they both feel very that. hurt by it. Yeah. And Daryl didn't let that hurt as a very analytical guy, didn't yeah. let that hurt sort of cloud what he did for the franchise. And and Harden maybe would have played. I don't have no idea. Uh, we'll never know. Didn't seem like he wanted to. Really. Didn't seem like he wanted to. Seemed to be pretty upset as he was sitting there with his arm folded. But I'm glad it's over. I'm glad the Sixers have good vibes again. I'm glad Tyrese Maxey is here and is playing as well as he is. Eastern Conference Player of the Week for the first week of the season. That rules. It's great. We're back and ready to be heartbroken in a different way now. As different and unknown specific to come. Yep. Let's find out. I'm in. If you don't fuck with me. I'm into. We're all back in. Oh, and the ending is back. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. Then I you. Won't fuck with no. You. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.